The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today we're going to discuss optimizing your ad creativity and quality. Joining us is Travis Chambers, who is the founder and chief media hacker at Chamber Media, which is a creative production and media buying agency that makes large-scale digital sales videos that drive millions in trackable sales, tens of thousands of social media shares, press features, and influence in culture. And today Travis and I are going to talk about the science behind quantitative ad creativity and content. Okay, here's my conversation with Travis Chambers, founder and chief media hacker at Chamber Media. Travis, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Very excited to talk about a format of media that I honestly haven't done a, a ton of work on. I ran a video guitar lesson startup, did some video there, and done a little video here or there for a couple of startups that I've run. But honestly, it's one of those spaces where I look at video as just being expensive to produce. Why am I not creating audio or a blog post? Walk me through why video is so important and some of the ways that you're creating such an impact creating quality videos. Well, as you know, as it just usually turns out, wherever the barrier to entry is, that's usually where the opportunity is. And I think that just what you said may be part of the reason that video is performing so well is a competitor may not be doing it. And whenever you have audio visual content that's very compelling and that sells really well, you've definitely got an edge. But it's a journey. It's a process to really get good at it. And not only that, one of the biggest challenges that we've seen people face is how do you know what types of videos to make? There's always the combination of sight, sound, and motion that is going to make an impact. It's the most fidelity that you can have other than being there and being in person. Obviously, there's value to that additional, like I said, fidelity. Talk to me about how you find the right fit for the different types of videos. Maybe walk us through the different types of videos that you think about when you're thinking about marketing. Yeah, I'd like to start off with one really good example, which is a client of ours called Mr. Cool. So they're a do-it-yourself AC unit, which you would imagine it would be the most impossible thing to sell. You're selling something not only that's $1,600, $1,700, but it's also something that takes four to six hours for someone to install and includes some electrical hookups in your house. It includes drilling a wall through the whole of your home. And you would think that that would be impossible. And that's a unique case where video made that possible in a way where it never would have been. So we made 
a lot of anchor videos for that project and a whole suite of videos that I can talk about. But that's an example where we took them from 10 to $36 million in two years. And we're trending to do 70 million with no other marketing efforts other than really well-made video ads. And that specifically is a product that probably would never have made it with static image ads or just with search ads. So when it's such a sophisticated, complicated product, it really requires that audiovisual experience and a fast pace to get someone to understand it. And that becomes even more true when you get into B2B and these other niches. So I think of that as how-to video content, obviously very important to make people feel comfortable going through a large purchase, working on your product, making sure that they can actually execute the task that they want to. When we talk about marketing videos, there's the Dollar Shave Club video, which was using a lot of humor, a sort of a traditional commercial that went viral, lots of video content that's being pushed onto Facebook, some of it's aspirational, there's your explainer videos. Talk to me about what's the right time, place, and format to put the various types of videos. Yeah, so this Mr. Cool video we made was actually a viral video kind of feeling, like a Dollar Shave Club style video. And that's what we call an anchor video. So it's about four minutes long. It's extremely entertaining. There's a lot of humor. And the reason that that has worked is because when something's not super interesting, you've got to find ways to make it interesting because no one's going to watch a video about an AC unit. But they will watch a video that's relatable about a guy who's hot in his house and his friend who comes to hang out with him in his garage because his house is hot and they banter and they have all these fun things going on. So that's one video. That's one of the seven we have what we call foundational ads. And we can dive into these deeper, but it's a spokesperson anchor video, a product demo, a social proof ad, which is just showing brand or products reviews from consumers or press features or testimonials. Uh, You've got your closer ads. Now these are meant for the low funnel retargeting where they're pretty much just asking you to buy, just going straight for the sale. What's the name of the guy that died that cocaine overdose that was like the famous Willie Mays here <laughs> Willie Mays buy some OxyClean right, but exactly OxyClean that, that's your direct response ad a lot of energy <laughs> yeah we try to channel a little bit of Willie Mays not full Willie Mays because we don't want anyone to have a heart attack but I think the cocaine was probably a contributor to that if I remember <laughs> the story correctly and if I'm wrong apologies to Willie Mays rest in peace and his family but you do wonder how successful he would have been without cocaine <laughs> He also was very successful without Facebook or YouTube, so I'm sure he would have had plenty of resources at his disposal now that we're in the age of video advertising. Yeah, rest in peace. We were talking about the bottom of the funnel type of advertising. Yeah, so the fifth asset is the case study. The case study can be a before and after. It can be a narrative story about how this product has worked for someone, how it can improve your quality of life. Number six is lifestyle. Now, this is usually montage, very aspirational, beautiful, showing the product being used often. Lots of drone footage. Yeah, exactly. Lots of B-roll. And then seven is unboxing. And that's just showing the product, how it arrives at your doorstep, how it's opened, what the experience is like. So those are the seven ads. This is the anchor video, product demo video, social proof video, closer ads, case study video, lifestyle, and unboxing. So talk to me a little bit about how you figured out that that was the right segmentation for all the various types of advertising. Yeah. You know, when we first started out five, six years ago with YouTube ads, Facebook video ads weren't even out yet. So it's been quite a process as the algorithms and platforms have changed to really figure out what types of assets work. Because one of the most daunting things about video is how do you know what to make? 
when you're making a TV ad, it's what's going to win us some awards, what's going to get us some brand recall. There's some ways to measure it. But Facebook and YouTube in particular, Instagram, TikTok, all these video platforms, they're so measurable that you have enough data to actually inform what kind of creative to make. And so we built something called The Brain. And we took the thousands of ads that we've ran over the last six years, over about 60 million in ad spend that we've managed. And we gave them all names. We named them with different ad type titles. And we also categorized them by performance. And not only that, but where they performed in the funnel. So was this a first touch point with someone? Or was this a fifth or sixth? And these are seven buckets, essentially, that we landed on, even though we've found that there's over about 100 ad types that can be created. And so this is our effort to just add some science to the creative. So that when we're trying to get something working, we're not just a bunch of random creatives making a bunch of random stuff, but it's pretty informed by performance. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So, Travis, I understand the segmentation between the videos. Talk to me about how you think of the cost of creating the various types of videos. Is an explainer video a different cost than a testimonial video? And just generally, what should brands be investing in video production to make it successful? So if you look back 20 years ago, you had to develop film if you wanted to make video. Extremely expensive. And then 15 years ago, the DSLR came out, changed everything. It's the only reason that YouTube has flourished is you have all these creators that can create for cheap. That was a revolution. And what we've seen in the last five or six years is we've seen people get really good at creating video. A lot of them are influencers and creators. And brands are usually a little slower to catch on. And a lot of brands are still catching up to this whole shift. But even three or four years ago, our average film production was in the six figures, $100,000, $50,000. And we still do a lot of those big productions. We do them all the time, many of them a month. But the production value is huge. 
and they're beautiful and they're entertaining. They get your attention. But as times evolved, we have gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So you get to the point where you can make something that converts on an iPhone if you really know what you're doing. So for example, I was in a Dominican village. My friend owns a place there called the Dominican Treehouse Village. And I just basically gave myself a challenge. I want to see if I can make a great ad for free. So my wife was the spokeswoman. We used um, Apple iPhone headphones. And that ad, that asset ended up having $50,000 ran behind it. And it drove $250,000 in revenue. And this is for a travel destination that usually does two or 300000 a year. So almost doubled their revenue with an ad that we made for free. Now, what's expensive is the writing. But the actual shooting can be done for pretty cheap if you know what you're doing. You just took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that if you know what you're doing, it's a lot easier to mitigate your cost. As you start to think about what the value of the videos you're creating, you can put in anywhere from you know next to nothing to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Talk to me a little bit about how you evaluate the value and what the return on ad spend is for videos. For products that have a really high reorder rate or a high lifetime value, just meaning that the customer is valuable over a certain period of time, six months, four months, eight months, whatever it is. In those circumstances, it usually makes sense to acquire customers at cost. That would be what we call one and a half to one or maybe a two to one. Enough that you can cover your costs, your shipping, your operations. And the reason is because you're going to make your profit off of the reorders and the lifetime value. And there's also just the reality that low price point products that are reorder products usually don't have as high of margins. And that's a reality that a lot of those types of companies have a hard time accepting. Now, for companies that have more of a one-off purchase, or maybe they have one purchase and they're going to upsell other products, but the reorder rate or lifetime value is not as high, generally, you want to see about a 3 to 1 return or more on those ads. So that's what we usually look at. That's our main kind of barometer is the return on ad spend. And we're always trying to get that up. Now, if your return on ad spend is a 5 to 1 or 6 to 1, that's really great. That's in the top 10% of all campaigns that we've ever run. And by the way, we've had a few that have had 10 to 1 and 20 to 1 returns. The highest return on ad spend that we've ever ran is actually for ourselves, running ads for ourselves, which is ironic and a good thing, I think. But if you had a 5 or 6 to 1 return, you actually may not be spending enough. So if you're spending $10,000 a month on ads and you've got really good creative, or maybe you don't, and you're getting a 5 or 6 to 1 return, that probably means you should be spending 50, 60, 70,000 a month. You really should be spending until you get to that 3 or 4 to 1 return and find out what your ceiling is if you really want to have growth. And what often happens is companies mistake and mix up growth versus ROI. And sometimes you can't have both. Sometimes you got to choose to grow at a break-even pace. So I guess the last question that I have for you today is, as you start thinking about video as a marketing strategy, and we have some data in terms of what the segmentation is, what the costs for video are, and what the outputs are, how do you balance video advertising against some of the other advertising opportunities that are out there? Yeah, you've got print, radio, TV, podcasts. You've got all the digital platforms, Google, LinkedIn, Facebook. So there's tons of places to advertise. So it's never been better to be an advertiser. And the reason that obviously I'm biased towards digital platforms is that everything's trackable. And Facebook has the deepest data on human beings of any ad platform in history. Facebook knows from third-party gift cards that you use, rewards cards, Nielsen TV watching data, any data touchpoint that is in your life, any app you have used, there's a strong likelihood that in one way or another, it's been sold to Facebook. 
and it's anonymous. So even their engineers supposedly can't look up your actual personal data. It's encrypted and everything. But uh-huh. yeah, exactly. And, and the ethics are really the question. But if we're talking about just killing it at marketing, the data that these digital platforms have is, is unprecedented. You even look at the Oscars, right? The Oscars still selling TV space. There's 44 million viewers of the Oscars in 2000. But this week, there was 20 million. So it's half. So people just don't care as much now. It's getting democratized. The attention of Hollywood, the attention of TV, it's all been spread. And that's good news for advertisers because now you have all these niches that you can advertise in. However, we got to be better in order to take advantage of that because it's a lot harder than just running a TV spot. Okay. Video advertising, obviously increasingly important in the digital advertising space and also increasingly flexible being used across multiple channels. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Travis Chambers, founder and chief media hacker at Chamber Media for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Travis and I are going to discuss his five key takeaways for improving social video ad performance. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Travis, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His handle is Travis underscore Chambers, T-R-A-V-I-S underscore C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S. Or you can visit his company's website, which is Chamber Media, C-H-A-M-B-E-R dot media. Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of my conversation with Travis Chambers, founder and chief media hacker at Chamber Media, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.